when we relax, we are more open. Our vision expands. We start seeing challenge from a different perspective. And we find possibilities. We really see more. Expanding possibilities. The Mindset Zone. I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. In the book, The How of Happiness, Sonia Lubrinsky sums up how our well-being is determined in the so-called happiness pie. Imagine a pie. Half of it, 50%, is our genetic happiness set point. We are born with a set potential to which we tend to return even after a major setback or triumph. So let's blame our parents for that. <laughs> for some people, it's easier not to worry and just be happy. For others, it can be harder to keep their positivity high. So the question is, are we doomed by our genes? Not if we look to the other half of this pie. <laughs> so in the other half, 10%, and it's incredible, only 10% is determined by life circumstances. I repeat, research shows that our happiness overall levels, our well-being overall, is determined only 10% by life circumstances. And I know that this seems counterintuitive, because when we are living the hard life circumstances, such as a job loss, a divorce, or an illness, we really feel it. We are emerged in it. But if we look in retrospect with a cold look from research, even those challenging live events only determine that small slice of our overall well-being. And trust me, about six years ago, almost in the way to seven, when I learned I had cancer, and went through to all different medical appointments, exams, the grueling chemo uh, that is like being hit by a truck, having a couple of weeks to recover and then go back in front of the same truck and for another hit, plus the surgery and the amount of radiation, that 10% felt like it had a couple more zeros attached to it. So I'm not discounting for a moment how hard it is when we are living the tough life circumstances, whatever they are. Yet, if we believe that these things will determine our overall happiness, we absolutely can let them overwhelm us and limiting a lot of our options and choices. And this can be a very strong misbelief that almost can drown us. 
our life circumstances are not the main factor determining our happiness. And if we realize that there are more factors in action, we have more room to play. So remember, half of the pie was the genetical set point. Incredible, only this 10% for life circumstances. We still have another slice in this pie that represents 40%. 40% for our thoughts, our behaviors, and our daily intentions. It's incredible. Absolutely wonderful to consider that 40% of what determines our happiness has to do with our mindset, what we think, and also what we do daily. (laughs) As you can imagine, I love this 40%. It's a space where we can grow. There are so many ways to improve our mindsets, including listening to this podcast. There are so many ways of increasing our positivity and change our daily habits. So from this perspective, we can see happiness as a choice. Happiness doesn't need to be a goal. Absolutely, happiness can be a way of being. Even if we only can influence 40% of this equation, we can significantly increase our happiness. We can learn to be happier. And to learn to be happier, it really helps to understand how positivity works. Maybe many of you are familiar with Viktor Frankl. He survived the Nazi concentration camps, wrote Man's Search for Meaning, and he was funny, witty, with a positive energy that will fill the room. I had the the privilege of interviewing his grandson in one of the podcast episodes here at Mindset Zone, and was so rewarding to see that he was to his family and the memories that his grandson had from him are what my image of him was. And I have to consider that Frankel probably have a high genetic happiness baseline. And at the same time, if you know a little bit about his work and life, he worked a great deal on his mindset. He even developed a therapy model or approach, logotherapy, that is really one of the more efficient ways to work our mindset and focus on what really brings meaning and purpose to our lives. And as we speak about these extraordinary human beings, we can be thinking things like, okay, but great, but I'm not Vitor Frankl. And it's true. Yet, we can learn from him and from other inspiring people out there. So, the question becomes, how can we learn from them? How can we unveil their secrets? psychology to the rescue. There is a branch of psychology that really can help us here. Positive psychology. Because the goal of positive psychology is to study 
what enables individuals and communities to thrive. And one of the pioneers of this field, Martin Seligman, he uses the acronym PERMA to sum up the five components that allow us to flourish. P, positive emotions. E, engagement or flow. R, for relationships. M, meaning. And A, for accomplishment. Let's here focus on the first building block, positive emotions. Psychologists had a big blind spot that was preventing them to understand positive emotions. They were assuming that positive emotions, like negative ones, produce urges to act in particular ways that have some immediate survival value for our ancestors. Let's start by looking into the negative emotions first. Imagine we are crossing a road and suddenly we notice a car coming fast. We are wired to quickly react and jump to the safety of the sidewalk. We feel fear, a negative emotion. That can be a good thing in this type of scenario. Fear is there to protect us from danger. The capacity of experience this emotion is there because it helps our ancestors to survive. Negative emotions become bad when we don't let them go, when we stay stuck in the negative emotional state. For instance, remaining all day long thinking about what could have been. And negative emotions are strong by design. It's like when we are eating and we bite into a spicy chili pepper. We cannot miss the intensity of it. It's there screaming at us. And negative emotions are usually associated with an impulse to act in a particular way. For instance, fear is linked to the urge to flee. Anger is linked to the urge to attack. Disgust is linked to the urge to expel. So psychologists were asking themselves, hmm, what specific action tendencies do positive emotions trigger? If fear produces the urge to flee, then joy produces the urge to what? It was only in the 1990s that Barbara Fredrickson proposed a different perspective to understand and study positive emotions, the broaden and build theory of positivity. And let's look to the expanding aspect first. Fedrickson argued that, unlike negative emotions that narrow people's ideas and actions, positive emotions open our awareness to a wider range of thoughts and behaviors. Positivity broadens. It opens our hearts and minds, making us more receptive and creative. Positivity is like the sun to a flower with openness. Imagine a situation where you felt overwhelmed. A deadline is coming, things are still halfway done, then you need a document to finish one of the things that you are working on and you cannot find it. You panic. You look all over your desk, all over the room, nothing. 
in the middle of this, my friend calls. You speak with her, you relax, you even laugh to one of her jokes. When you hang up, your eyes wander a little and then suddenly they stop at a specific place because they notice something. There it is, the missing paper. And replacing the missing paper for whatever you are looking at. It can be you are looking, you lost your keys or your sunglasses, whatever. When we are under tension, our vision is restricted, figuratively and literally. We see no solutions to our problems. We don't find the object that was supposed to be there. When we relax, we are more open. Our vision expands. We start seeing challenge from a different perspective. And we find possibilities. We really see more. So now let's go to the other element, that is the building element. If negative emotions exist because they quickly trigger us to act in ways that had some immediate survival value for our ancestors, what was the survival value of positive emotions? How could feeling joy, for instance, save lives? By looking beyond the immediate moment, we can start seeing the survival value of positivity. When we feel positivity, we feel good. We are more open. We expand our awareness. And this allows us to build resources, build reserves, build relationships. And these all have a survival value In the long run, if negative emotions are like a chili pepper, when we bite it, we immediately feel it. Positive emotions are like a wonderful meal with friends. Sure, we enjoy it. Yet we are not always aware of it. We are also not usually aware of all the building of experiences, memories, and relationships that are happening there. You even can think if you have a business, you can think about your business from this perspective. If you are a business owner who keeps reacting from fear and other negative emotions, your business can survive, but is always playing catch-up. On the other hand, if you build that business from a positive standpoint. The future is there to explore and expand, and you will have a network of people to help you too. Negative and emotions and negativity in general can work in the immediate moment, and positivity is there to build the future. Think about the possibilities. So, How can we go about to increase positivity in our lives? According to researchers, to have the motto, be positive, can backfire because if this be positive, be happy is not sincere, it's not helpful. We are saying it, but we are not feeling it. If we try very hard to feel joy, awe, serenity, interest, or hope, These feelings are not going to happen. We cannot force something that only 
occur spontaneously. The illusion that we can willpower our way to positive emotions really can limit us and prevent us from being happier. In the extreme, we even have a name for it, toxic positivity. That's the belief that no matter how dire a situation is, we can just be positive and be happy. Remember, we cannot force positivity, yet we can create conditions that facilitate positive emotions to happen. Think of our happiness as a plant. We can't help this plant grow by pulling its leaves. Instead, we can tender the soil, make sure that the light exposure and humidity are within a good range. Then there are much more possibilities of seeing this plant thriving and growing. We cannot force happiness, yet we can choose to cultivate positivity in our lives by being more open, appreciative, curious, kind, and sincere. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.